New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting award-winning poet Jane Hirschfield, who has authored 10 books of poetry and books on essays and others. Her most recent book of poetry is The Asking, New and Selected Poems. I'm speaking with Jane at her home by remote connection. Welcome, Jane, to the New Dimensions Cafe. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm happy to have you. You know, poetry for me has a power to bypass my analytical mind, and it takes me to a more, I would say, luminous way of perceiving these poems that I'm reading and your poetry make my heart leap up, and they take me to a way of knowing almost without having to understand why I know it, you know. So it takes me beyond the landscape of memory. It takes me to surprise of of epiphanies. And I think a simple example might be if we could start off here our conversation with a poem. And there's one that I've chosen, and I hope you'll go along with me. Uh, It's a poem you entitle, I Would Like. And um, I believe this is also part of your new collection. Is that right? Yes, this is a a new poem since the last book. Um, So, I would like. I would like my living to inhabit me the way rain, sun, and their wanting inhabit a fig or an apple. I would like to meet my life also in pieces, scattered, a conversation set down on a long hallway table, a disappointment pocketed inside a jacket, some long-ago longing glimpsed, half-recognized, in the corner of a thrift store painting, to discover my happiness walking first toward, then away from me, down a stairwell, on two strong legs all its own. Also, the uncountable wheat stalks, how many times broken, beaten, sent between grindstones before entering the marriage of oven and bread, Let me find my life in that, too. In my moments of clumsiness, solitude, in days of vertigo and hesitation, in the many year-ends that found me standing on top of a stovetop to take down a track light, in my nights asked, sometimes answered, questions, I would like to add to my life while we are still living a little salt and butter, one more slice of the edible apple, a teaspoon of jam from the long-simmered fig, to taste as if something tasted for the first time 
what we will have become then. Mm. Jane, for me, so many images. This poem for me is such a combination of very vivid images that I see in my mind's eye. I see you standing on top of the stove and changing a light fixture or the metaphor conversations set down on a long hallway table. Conversations mm. set down. I, I it just stops me in my tracks or or the thrift store paintings. And I see those those kind of you know faded out with kind of old gold frames. <laughs> and I, I I but then you you take me to something more amorphous, something more like that goes, okay, the discovery of my happiness uh walking toward me and walking away oh yeah my happiness i can feel my happiness and then i can feel it receding from me oh jane please please help me do some commentary whatever <laughs> comes to you right now that you want to share in this moment after reading that poem well, I'm not sure much can be added to what you've just said. Um, it's a grand appreciation of everything going on in this. You know, the fact that you can both be inside your life at every moment, but also realize you need to welcome it more into yourself and you need to let go of it, that your life and you are in a funny way. You are absolutely synonymous and yet you are not synonymous. We are the witnesses to our lives. We are the creators of our lives. We are the receivers of our lives. We are the makers of our lives. And sometimes your life surprises you. And don't we live for that? Don't we just live for it? For but sure. Mostly, you know, mostly for me, what this poem the work it was doing for me, because every poem I write is for me the solving of some fracture or question or perplexity. And the work this poem was doing for me was an invitation to an ever deeper intimacy with whatever comes, with whatever goes. And yet, of course, that doesn't happen in the abstract. It only happens amid the furniture and the bad paintings and the tasks of house cleaning and the marvelous simmering of jam. And Jane, you know, I'm wondering in the last lines to taste as if something tasted for the first time what we will have become then. I'm wondering about that, that just like, oh, took my breath away. And it. I'm wondering, does that come a bit from your years of practice of Zen Buddhism about being present, being present, something tasted for the first time, to look at life as if we're tasting it for the first time? Yes, that's exactly right. And, you know, it, it goes both directions in that when something startles us, and I once was served a carrot soup in a restaurant, and that carrot soup was such a distillation of carrotness that it literally silenced the conversation at the table. All of us were stunned into silence by this carrot soup. And so 
in that way, something you taste as if for the first time can bring you into the present moment, but it also works the opposite direction, that when we are truly living in this moment with our entire awareness, um, you know, the, the sunlight of the world is turned on and the newness of everything and the, you know, it's just as extraordinary as that startling mouthful of archetypal carrot was. And the world is is made itself again because we aren't distracted from it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. You know, one of the lines there, a disappointment pocketed inside a jacket. And that reminds me of another poem of yours, which is just so delightful. So I, I want you to also refer to that poem, and I know you know which one I'm going to say. It's called Vest, V-E-S-T, Vest. Yes. And uh, because it's such a delightful poem. Yes, I will. So all of you have seen these vests, you know, advertised in some magazine. They they started out as fishermen's vests, and now, now we all have them for camping or traveling or whatever. So Vest. I put on again the vest of many pockets. It is easy to forget which holds the reading glasses, which the small pen, which the house keys, the compass and whistle, the passport. To forget at last for weeks, even the pocket holding the day of digging a place for my sister's ashes. The one holding the day where someone will soon enough put my own. To misplace the pocket of touching the walls at Auschwitz would seem impossible. It is not. To misplace for a decade the pocket of tears. I rummage and rummage, transfers for Munich, for Melbourne, to Oslo, a receipt for a Singapore copy, a device holding music, Bach, Garcia, Richter, Porter, Pert. A woman, long dead now, gave me, when I told her I could not sing, a kazoo, now in a pocket. Somewhere, a pocket holding a Steinway. Somewhere, a pocket holding a packet of salt. Borgesian vest, Oxford English Dictionary vest with a magnifying glass tucked inside one snapped closed pocket, Wikipedia vest, Rosetta vest, Enigma vest of decoding. How is it one person can carry your weight for a lifetime? One person slip into your open arms for a lifetime? Who was given the world and hunted for tissues for chapstick? We all have those vests or those old pocketbooks where we pull something out and we go, oh my gosh, but <laughs> there's that ticket to whatever, you know, and it just takes us on a, a whole long journey. And then to also notice the presence in our lives of I call it kind of like angels in our closet or something, <laughs> angels in our vest. Yes. That then remind us of the preciousness of our life and how quickly it goes by, actually. Because when we look at that ticket to Oslo or wherever it was or the time in Auschwitz, then we go, oh, when did that happen? And 
how much time has passed and how present am I right here, right now in this moment? Can I remember this moment? Can I be present so much in this moment that I'm completely taking in the world? That's what I get from that poem. It reminds us to that kind of presence. And you know, the tissues and chapstick at the end, which is, of course, also, and, you know, I really do have to find, you know, now which pocket is the chapstick in? And then, you know, open this one, open that one. But both of those are minor, unmemorable, and yet utterly necessary things that address us when we're a little. I don't know, wounded in some way. Your lips are chapped because they have been exposed to cold winds. You need the tissues because you have a cold or you're weeping. And so it does return you to what brings solace to us when the world has treated us, brought us to a moment of even minor roughness. And you know, that you have a chapstick, that you have tissues. This is the great kindness of existence. How lucky we are to have such things, able to be found, even if you have to look for them a little bit. Maybe you have to find your friend who will put their arm around you in the moment of need. But as long as there is a world where, you know, it offers us this help, this assistance, this kindness, in the smallest of ways, that is a life one is happy to put on all the difficult weight of. My vest weighs a lot because there's a lot in those pockets. You know, I don't actually have a Steinway piano in one, but I do have, you know, salt and hand sanitizer now and reading yes. glasses and yes. all of those things. And I pick it up and it goes, oh, well, this weighs a great deal. And of course, it has been with me to many places. It has been with me, in fact, to Auschwitz. It was very odd when this the book that held this poem, Ledger, was my last book, and it has many many references to all of the places in the world that poetry has taken me. I only travel for, you know, because somebody wants me to come as a poet. I do enough of that that I don't need to travel for for vacation. For vacation, I stay home and tend my garden. But when the book came out, its pub date was March 10th, 2020. Well, two days later, the world shut down. And it was so surreal for me during shelter in place, COVID, that first, you know, year to be doing Zoom readings and to read these poems, and they felt like another life entirely. And I sort of went, what was that? How did I go so many places? You know, now all I do is is stay home and find the world here. So it was it was very odd experience to notice how broadly poetry has brought me to places in the world. I sometimes feel like a pollinating bee that, you know, when I'm in China, I can talk about Syria. When I'm in Syria, I can talk about the global seed bank in Svalbard. Um, I have to add, I haven't been to Syria since the civil war started. So that was, that was earlier, Yes, but that I have seen so much as a poet. It, it, it gives you an odd sense of responsibility to the places of the world, to carry them tenderly forward and to tell their stories as it 
comes to mind as it seems right to simply say, ah, I remember those young women of Syria and I don't know what their lives are like now, but I was so impressed by them. They were so forthright and feminist, even in their floor-length raincoat dress. It it breaks your preconceptions. You think you know something from the newspaper and you go to a place and you know nothing from what you have read in the newspaper. Human beings are amazing. That's right. So we're so grateful that you bring some of that back to us through your poetry and through your own vision and your own embodiment of what that was for you. I just thank you from the depths of my being, Jane, for all that you bring to us and the wisdom that that is empowered in in your poetry, because you not only tell us about all the beauty of the world, you also can couch it in what is not so beautiful, but it helps us hold our kinship in all of that and keeps us engaged. Uh, Thank you so much. Well, I thank you, Justine. And I also want to thank all of the listeners and supporters of New Dimensions, because this wouldn't exist without all of you who are listening either. So thank you so much for being there. Thank you for supporting New Dimensions. Thank you, um, Deep in the Background, producer Lou Judson. Thank you. Thank you, Justine. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to remind our listeners that you've been listening to a dialogue with award-winning poet Jane Hirschfield, whose most recent book is The Asking, New and Selected Poems. And if you want to find out more about her work, you can go to her Wikipedia page, which is just chock full of all sorts of her wonderful achievements. But if you want to know about her coming up schedule. She does not maintain a website herself, but her agent does. And you can go to barclayagency.com forward slash speakers forward slash Jane dash Hirschfield. And she spells her last name H-I-R-S-H-F-I-E-L-D. You can also get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, where you'll find over 1,800 programs in its archive. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button.
We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.